BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, here we are. So I finally booked the celebrity guest I've been trying to get on this show for three years now. She's been on TV, radio, in magazines. She's a, She's been a featured newspaper columnist for a time. She She can hardly show herself in public without someone stopping her and saying, hey, I know you. I saw you on this television program or in the newspaper. She's in high demand. She conducts workshops all over the country. She actually just got back yesterday from a business venture in Tokyo. She's a washi maker by trade. Washi is traditional Japanese paper, and she's an orizome artist. In a nutshell, orizome is a dyeing technique. I don't mean dyeing like it's dying out. Uh, I mean dyeing like it. It it's similar to like tie-dye in the West where we tie-dye shirts and, and whatnot. But orizome is much more highly skilled. And, uh, you know, you create a, a detailed specific pattern on washi or Japanese paper. Anyway, best of all, she's my wife. <laughs> she joins me now from Yamaguchi, Japan, or really just right down the hall here, actually. Uh, welcome, finally, to the program, to Zen Sandwich, Haruka Fanase. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. This is funny already. Yeah. Ogisa means exaggeration. Yeah, I'll do the translation here. Thank you. Okay. And that's probably going to be the end of all of our Japanese for this. Uh, but I wanted to interview you for three reasons. And this is a real interview. You don't know the questions, right? No. I know. I don't tell anybody. Don't worry. I'll just cut out whatever you, whatever bad you say about me. I'll just cut it out. 
Um, but I wanted to interview you for three reasons. One, you do have an interesting story. And I wasn't really kidding about the celebrity status thing. You are kind of famous around here whenever we go places. Oh, we live in an, we live in an area um in a, a community with six thousand people. So you know. <laughs> well, you're famous here among yes. It's true. We do live in the Mayberry of Japan. That's true. But you're famous in Mayberry, Japan. Uh to to a lot of people who follow me or listen to Zen's image, they're curious about you. Because I do mention you a lot. Oh, my my wife and I, we make Japanese paper, or my wife, she'll tells me this, blah, blah, blah. So you're kind of a mystery. So, and then the third reason that I wanted to interview you is because I do think we have a successful marriage. And while I'm not putting it out there as some role model that people should aspire to, just like anything in life, whether it's business or in relationships and marriage, you should listen to people who are successful at something, whatever that thing is. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. Ready? <laughs> okay. Question one. Uh, so but before we get into the marriage stuff, who are you? <laughs> Uh, what do you tell people here in Japan when they ask where you're from and how you wound up here in the countryside of Yamaguchi? Because we met in Tokyo in 2004 and we were very different people then. We were very corporate urban people. Now we are tree farmers. We're paper makers. What happened? That's the most difficult question people ask me all the time when I'm interviewed. And I did accept you to hear that question from my husband. <laughs> uh, who did you marry to? Yeah, who are you? I, I'm trying, this is why I wanted the interview. I wanted to find out who am I actually married to? Where are you from? Well, that's the toughest question for me because um, I had to move around a lot when I was a kid. My, due to my uh, father's job, my memory, child memory, starts in Kyoto. And I was there till I was um, fourth grade in elementary school. And then our family moved to Kanagawa. And after that, you're already bored. Um, well, no, but what I want people to understand, because I know all of these places and I hear you. And I, I obviously I know your backstory a little bit. And so uh, a lot. But uh, that might be a little confusing to my audience. So the point is actually... Most Japanese people don't actually live this kind of b beginning, right? Most Japanese people just grow up somewhere in one place. But you actually kind of moved around a lot. Is is that that's different? Yeah, I don't know how common it is, um, it, especially here in in Yamaguchi City. Many people I meet, they say they are they were born and brought up in Yamaguchi, and I am always stranger. So I don't know the the ratio. So you're like me. You're a little bit of a foreigner. I am always foreigner in Japan. <laughs> well, not in Tokyo though, right? So you consider yourself from Tokyo? Well, I I, I don't know anywhere else to say. Mm. So in your job, you're a washi maker, but you're also called to be a public speaker a lot. And, and when I first met you back when we were urban corporate people. I, the first time I saw you, one of the first times that I saw you, you were actually giving a speech uh, in front of a, I, I was in the audience of the speech uh, you were giving. Um, 
do you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert. Yet you are still on the public stage often. Like I said, you wrote, you did write a newspaper column a little while back. You, I've seen you on NHK TV. So how local. do you what, local? Okay, still you're on TV more than most people. Uh, how do you reconcile like this public image with not wanting to be a public figure? Well, I used to be very extremely uncomfortable in the spotlight because when when I was a child we had to um, move around and always introduce I was always had to introduce ourselves to the new school mm-hmm. and I was I was shy and I was so uncomfortable and I still don't like self-introduction mm. but when I was when I'm asked to talk about washi, I don't have to talk about so much about myself, but I can talk about washi. Ah, that's a good point. Right. So that's much easier for me. That makes sense. All right. Well, let's let's dive into the marriage here, because I think some people are curious about that. What is the most difficult or frustrating thing about a cross-cultural dual linguistic marriage? And what is the best thing about it? If you need a moment to think I can go first, because I already knew what the questions would be. But if you're ready, then you go. I think I want to hear your answer first. (laughs) I thought you might. Uh, For me, the most frustrating thing, it's really, I thought about it today. And the only thing is when you speak to yourself in 100% native, natural speed, Japanese you know, you're just like, and, and you're going really fast. You're like, and <laughs> the funny thing about that last little thing I said, for those who don't speak Japanese, which probably most of you listening to this, Haruka said that once to me, thinking I would not understand her, but I did. means, why don't you get it? Why don't you understand? We were doing a washi project. And I didn't grasp what she was explaining. And now these days, I never let her forget that she said that to me in front of my face. So when you speak natural, like 100 percent, and usually I don't catch it. So there's no there's no telling how many moments I have missed. I just caught that one. There's no telling how many more you've done. Anyway, that's the frustrating thing. The best thing, though, about a cross-cultural dual linguistic marriage is that there's two best things one is well obviously it's fun like it's fun culturally to constantly see the differences even the little stuff i still to this day see little things that i laugh about um and i think like wow that is so japanese and it could be just like an eating habit like the way you're holding a bowl versus the way i hold a bowl or something usually it has to do with like cleanliness because Japanese are way cleaner <laughs> than Americans. We still wear shoes in our in the house. We're barbarians. You know, uh, what's your answer? <laughs> I talked too long. I'm sorry. Maybe that's the most frustrating thing. The best part is the same. The difference. I mean, it's so funny when you when you say something so obvious that it's so wrong. Like when it is so obvious to me. I think it was a jelly with plum 
fruit in it. And it was a special, you know, jelly thing. And I brought it to home and uh, because I wanted you to enjoy it. And you started to eat. And you said, like, there's a, there's a boiled egg yolk in the jelly. <laughs> <laughs> That's beyond my imagination. And it was so funny, you know. So it was it's just something you it it didn't seem abnormal to you. It seems oh, regular. No, no, no. Not at all. It's a <laughs> it's a popular dessert for summer. And also once um you mistook my mom's hamburg as chocolate cake or something, or it was a liver chicken liver, chicken liver, and you bite in it, it was like ah yeah. chocolate. So that kind of moment is just cracked me up. Food is crazy deceptive here in Japan. I have like thought something was a sausage before. And as an American, I love sausage. <laughs> Bit into it. And it was like, this is fish eggs. What the mother son of a. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it's good I could laugh about it. But yeah, food is extremely deceptive here. When you're frustrated mm. because you're in Japan, like not being able to drive or what not have freedom as much as you did in the States and seeing you being frustrated because you're in Japan or in a remote, super remote countryside, that is, um, that makes me feel guilty. Oh, that makes sense. Well, it's not your fault. I mean, well, it is kind of your fault, but it's not like <laughs> it, it's worth it. Trust me, whatever, Whatever I experience in terms of like frustrations in that, like, yeah, this would not be the case in America. I would be able to do something and get myself out of this particular situation much easier than I can here. Uh, at the end of the day, those little inconveniences are are minor to mm -hmm. me. They're they're minor. They're fine. Other stuff is probably not only because I'm Japanese, you're American. It's, I guess, universal, like keeping keeping the the fridge door for a while or not <laughs> paying attention to save energy i guess it's not or it's a male female thing or it's a i don't know it's just not just because you're american I, but it seems like because you're american you act as if everything is in abundance which is good good you know that's a, a attitude but that, Japan has no natural resource, so we are taught to be very um, um, to conserve, cons right, mindful and conserve energy, energy, and that's a terrific point. It is, it is both American and me being a guy, uh, and so you get kind of a double whammy negative effect here because you're right. I I grew up taking things for granted, so for me leaving that refrigerator door open. It's, I'm, I don't think about it. I mean, I'm better. You've made me a better man. Haruka. <laughs> I do. I am more conscious of it these days. But yeah, there's plenty of times when I just like, oh, I don't, what do I care? It's an extra 30 seconds of the refrigerator door being open. It's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal. I get it. You know, the, the other best thing that I would say about being in a two language household, and it's going to seem paradoxical is that I think we actually communicate better than if I were in a relationship or if I were married to a native English speaker. Um, 
Because if we need to actually discuss something serious, like leaving the refrigerator door open or maybe something deeper than that, uh, I choose my words very carefully. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, because if I were in a relationship with a native English speaker, I might make some mistakes, like just presuming they're going to catch my sarcasm or, you know, or when I'm, or they're going to think I'm being sarcastic when I'm not, you know, something like that. But I don't make that mistake with you because if we're talking about something serious, I'm like, I make sure that my, what I want to say is clearly understood. And I mean, you agree with that? It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, sure, half of the time it's better because we try to communicate or we try to make sure we we understand each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's too much work to do. And, <laughs> and also, um, sometimes, you know, you have to explain the joke you make mm-hmm. and it seems to be a little bit frustrated and also yeah. sometimes it's good because I don't catch your irony or I don't <laughs> catch your, you know, uh, being, um, what was the word? Sarcastic. Yeah. Sarcastic. Yeah. Sar- sarcastic. So. Yeah, actually that, that is good. I, well, it's always a look on the bright side of life. Like there's sometimes when I'm sarcastic and then after it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, did she catch that? Oh, she didn't catch. Oh, that's good. I'm glad she didn't catch that because I probably shouldn't. I know that that. happens. (laughs) It's good. I I think it's a great advantage of not being able to understand because if you call me, you know, silly name or some, some, even if you say something bad, if I don't understand, I don't catch it and uh, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's the same thing. If I say something bad about you in a very, very. um, You say bad things about me. You wouldn't catch it, and like Nande, like Nande Wakaranai, Nande Wakaranai. Why doesn't he understand? I caught that baby. Never forget, you never forgive. <laughs> I forgive, but I don't forget. Nande Wakaranai. Uh, all right. It's 15, 70 years ago. Oh no, it's not. No, it's I, no. There's a statute of limitations, and it hasn't run out yet. Uh, all right. Um, we have, we're on a time limit here. I, uh, I'm going to give you two, uh, well, one's a quote, one's a piece of advice that I've heard about marriage. And I want you to tell me if it's true for us or how much, or how much it's true for us. Okay. So here's the first one. And I think, you know, this story, but I haven't, maybe I haven't mentioned a long time. I, I, this is the best piece of advice I ever heard about marriage, but I heard it like 25 years ago. Um, I was on a plane to Costa Rica by myself. And I was sitting next to this guy and he strikes up a conversation with me and, you know, why not? And uh, he, it turns out he had been married 35 years and this is 25 years ago. So I was a kid and uh, I was a young man and I was kind of against marriage back then. And I was like, well, how did you, cause I had been around divorce all my life, divorce, divorce, divorce. So I just didn't 
think marriage was ever going to be in the cards for me. But anyway, long story short, I said, uh, well, what's the secret? How did you make it 35 years? What's your advice to me? And he said, you know how people say meet the other person halfway, you know, always meet your partner halfway. He said, that's BS. He said, you got to go. You've got to go more than halfway. If you're only meeting halfway, that's actually a very weak connection between two points because it could just go 1% the other way one way or the other and it'll break apart, right? If there's a midway, if you disagree on something and it could be little or big, it could be like what color of curtains do we need in the house to, should we have a child or something, whatever. And, you know, if you only meet the person halfway, that's a very tenuous, it's a very weak kind of connection. You should always be willing to give up more and go 60%, 70%. And also people aren't going to be able to be fully there. Sometimes somebody's only willing to give up 20% of themselves, you know, and so you got to be willing to go 90% at those times. And because, and it's got to be both ways. Both people have to agree because sometimes you're not going to feel 100%. So they got to be there for you a little more than halfway. Okay. You get the idea. Do you think we fit we do that <laughs> that was a long explanation i'm sorry <laughs> i might have to cut this one out i'm sorry my question is okay, how do you know which person you think you have gone for 80 percent, but mm-hmm. from the other side of view you have gone only 20 percent. that's good so in that case, how do you how okay. do you know how far you went or how do you know how far he went or okay. she went all right so we failed that one i'm taking notes okay so we fail on that one <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we were good on that. I thought like, yeah, I'm always going like 60, 70 percent. And you come back with like, well, well it's milk on the whole way. <laughs> Let's not reveal all of our problems. here. <laughs> I clean up the milk these days. All right. Never mind. All right. Let, let's go to the next then the next quote thing. I still like to go more than 50 percent. And I think we still do it. But, you know, apparently I'm a, I've only been going 20 percent. So you have gone. 90%. Sometimes I do. I try to wake up early when you got to get up early. I make you coffee and all that stuff, but okay. All right. I milk cows for you. <laughs> I know you do. All right. Um, the other quote is from a guy named Jay Shetty. Do you know who he is? Cause you, I know you're, you like some self-help stuff. But I don't know if you know who Jay Shetty is. He's famous. He's cool. I, I'll introduce you later, but <clears throat> here's the quote from him. Loving someone means that you make them fall more in love with themselves, not more in love with you. Yeah. And so in other words, you, when you make someone feel more comfortable with who they are as a person at at the core, that's why they, they're going to love you so much because you make them feel better and more confident about who they are. How well would you say we do that? A thousand percent. Yeah, me too. I that's I agree. That's probably the you know our strongest point there. <laughs> uh, we've only got a few more minutes left. Um, what are your goals in twenty twenty four? It doesn't have to be about marriage. We can move on from that topic. What What, what do you want to accomplish next year? Next year? Yeah. Well, I want to uh, have more time with you. Less work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I want to uh, be a better edutainer 
in terms of washi, I want to share the joy of using. Edutainer, like so educating and entertaining at the same time. Yeah, I think washi has the potential. That's the um, same thing I try to do here. Oh, I, this is the first time you've used that phrase. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, to me. You, do you have any like uh, more specific goals that you want to accomplish? Yeah, recently I've been thinking and thinking, and and uh, the the vision is not clear enough. But I know I've started to take off, and I think you have mm. um, taken off, taken off yeah. as well. So. I mean, look, I'm look at I've got this celebrity interview going on right now. I'm, I'm finally landing the big Nobody names. Else. Yeah, <laughs> everyone canceled. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm landing the big names. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh. oh no, you don't have any guests for your podcast. <laughs> that is not what happened, actually. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, all right, let's squeeze in a five minutes. Then, how do you stay grounded in the present? Because I know that you think about the future a lot. You're forward thinking a lot. That's okay. But when and how do you appreciate the here and now? Eight years ago, I moved from Tokyo to this countryside, hoping I would be someone who would create something beautiful, interesting. And it was such a slow, slow uh, process, but I have made different, uh, I have made a change. And when I look back the, the myself eight years ago, I was completely different person. And I'm grateful that I have this totally different lifestyle and opportunity to learn about me. Mm. I'm living myself fully. Yeah, you're living the dream. I mean, you're not, you may not be all the way where you are envisioning where you want to get to. But at the same time, you, you know, and are happy with, Hey, you're, you're on the journey. You're doing it. You're, you're going in that direction instead of being, because a lot of people are lost and they don't know where they want to go or they're just not even, maybe they know where they want to go, but they're nowhere near the path. They're stuck in their little job somewhere. And they're like, man, I'm just not even pursuing what I really want to do, you are pursuing what you want to do, right? Sometimes I don't know which is harder. What do you mean, which is harder? Like pursuing your dream or staying where you are? That's a great question and point. I, I But although I think, because it's not as easy as you think, but I, I do come down on the side of, it's, it's better. I don't know if it's easier. E easy is it, it, maybe that's the key point here. I don't know if it's easier, but to me, it's better to pursue the thing that you want, even if it is harder. Actually, maybe it's not easier. Yeah. It's, it's better, though, to go in that direction, because just doing the status quo and just staying in that. Ultimately, you're going to get to your death moment. And, and you're going to look back and you're going to regret that you didn't go after. Yeah. So yeah. even if, go ahead, even if it's hard, I think you still got to, you'd still do it. You still go after it. Yeah. I would pat myself on my shoulder. Like if I, if I see myself 
if I meet myself from seven, uh, eight years ago, yeah, I would say, I would just say to her, like, yeah, <laughs> it was much, much, much harder. I could have stayed as a office worker in Tokyo, right? And it was, I would have been okay, but I have chosen a um, different path, and I have, I felt like I'm a, the depth of my life is doubled or even yeah. more even it was it, it's been much harder in a way but it's hard in a way because you you your dream is bigger it would have been harder if i've stayed in tokyo because i kept doubting myself and i kept thinking like i could have done or i could be doing something else yeah to fulfill, fulfill my life or fulfill to feel fulfilled yeah that well that's exactly what i was saying is that like if you didn't do it you would just be sitting there like i don't know filled with regret or or just always thinking like oh what if or you know i should have blah 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 anyway well thank you so much harakasan for your time it's been enlightening, even though I know you very well. Uh, I always learn something about you every time I talk with you. So uh, let me just give a quick shout out to our sponsor. You know them, Mariah and Byron Edgington. Uh, so folks listening listening to this, go check out MandateToElevate.com and go uh, check out their book, uh, Journey Well, You Are More Than Enough. Everything they talk about there is the same. It's it if you if this show resonates with you, then trust me, what they are putting out will resonate with you as well. Go buy that book. And when you're done with that, head back over to zensandwich.com and hey, buy Haruka and I a cup of coffee. We we love coffee. <laughs> it's so true. You're enough. You're enough. You are enough. It's all it's hard to think so, but you're more than enough, actually. Well, uh, thanks again, Haruka. And I, uh, I preach because I know you're busy. It was actually hard for me to schedule this one. So th thanks so much for your time. I Can I say this on the air? I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Let's end on that. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.